This is a Showbile podcast. Bucks on Nux boys are back and we got lots to catch up on here for episode 29 since we had the week off there. So today we'll do a little recap of UFC 281. We'll talk about some NHL Hall of Famers and the FIFA World Cup is also going on now and uh, they're not even allowing people to drink beer at the games. I don't know what that's all about but uh, we'll look at that. Uh, Plus we got gambling picks and we'll get into some other topics I'm sure like fantasy sports and some listener questions and whatnot. But uh, we'll start today by just talking about what everyone's talking about. And that is the FIFA World Cup. And Canada's actually competing in it in this year for the first time since 1986, I believe. So, yeah, just imagine that. Watching a Team Canada game and not being able to drink beer at it. That's the case for any fans that went over to Qatar to go watch this. But uh, that aside, Canada did look good against Belgium. And I know uh, Stewie J was watching that game. Uh, what were your takeaways, Stewie J? What would you think of their performance there? Dude, they played well. I wish you guys watched it. But uh, if you go look at like the match stats, um, <clears throat> Canada had... Sorry, I'm still a little sick. It was actually... Sorry, I'm going off topic. It was actually a good week or a good thing we called last week because I wouldn't have been able to fucking do the podcast like a couple days earlier. Yeah. Like maybe let's just skip it. But uh, <laughs> And then like two days later when it would have been time to do the podcast, I was like down and out for sure. So Yeah, I needed the week off too. I was uh, busy with work and whatnot. So it was good to uh, take a little break there for... For what? Back though, back and better than ever, and uh, yep. a little bit of a Canada game to report on. So yeah, it was a great game. Canada had like a little bit of trouble finishing, but it was wild because nobody expected them to outplay Belgium, which they did for uh, the first half for sure, and then the second half it kind of, they kind of slowed up like a little bit for like a, a 15, 20 minute stretch there, but they didn't concede in the second half, and they were still. I still think they probably won the second half. But it was just like one lapse in Belgium capitalized. But all in all, like it's a pretty promising performance. Um, going into the game, if you would have told me we we lose that one 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 nil, like I, I'm accepting that. You know what I mean? To be honest, like uh, a draw would have been a win in that case, and a one nil loss would have been like, all right, Belgium's the number two FIFA ranked nation. Yeah, and we come I was out say like they might go win it all, like fucking going into it. But then after exactly. that game, I don't know. We come out with only a difference of one goal. Like, that's fair. I mean, like, that. I would have assumed that they played a, a fine game. But, dude, we it, it's heartbreaking after the fact, though, because we actually outplayed them and we should have won that game. It's just, it just felt like nothing could get finished off. Um, a few missed calls that uh, I think all, like, the Canadian uh, viewers were, were probably upset about. But nothing you can do when fucking you don't get the calls and the VAR doesn't help you out any. But um, and a miss pen right off the start, like it was an electric game. I, I'm, it sucks you boys missed it, but like, dude, like five minutes in, there was like a fucking <clears throat> a missed call, a VAR um review, and then a pen for Canada. And fucking Davies picked up the ball. I guess they don't have a set pen guy, and uh, Coach Herdman there just lets the boys like decide amongst themselves uh, on the field if the if, if the situation arises, which I don't think is like the greatest strategies because there was a lot of people saying Davey shouldn't have been the one taking that kick. But uh, he picked up the ball and he wanted it and couldn't fucking finish it off. But it's wild to think that we would have true Bel- Belgium if he had finished that pen. We came out flying, boys, and it's it looks promising. I don't know if we're going to be able to play the same way against Croatia on Sunday. but. Um, it was a it was a promise. It showed that we could compete at the very least, and yeah, 
I'm I'm excited for the rest of the tournament for the Canadians here. I think we could sneak. It's a possibility we sneak out of the group stage too because everyone except for Bel- like uh, Morocco and Croatia drew in their first match. So there's yeah. a spot to be fucking grabbed there in the second second place in our fucking group if we can pull out a win and a draw or hopefully even two wins. Yeah, and the, yeah. the worst part about it for Canada is that they've never scored in the World Cup. Not once have we yeah. as Canadians got to watch Canada score in the World Cup. Uh, the I watched the highlights of the game, so I didn't get to actually like watch the electric factory that was the game. But from the highlights, it looked like Canada absolutely dominated. I saw they put 21 shots uh, towards the net and then three shots on goal. Um, a lot of people are saying Jonathan David probably uh, should have taken that. But when you look up the stats, like I think they said Alfonso Davies is like two for two or three for three in penalty kicks when he's playing for Team Canada. <clears throat> so... Whatever. I mean, I know Jonathan David's probably got the better uh, goal scoring um, touch than Alfonso Davies. But I think. I sorry to cut you off. I think Jonathan David um, takes pens for his club, though, which is yeah, the he thing. Does. He was he's like nine, nine for, for eleven or something on penalty yeah. kicks for his French league team this year or something like that. Right. And Alfonso yeah, so- Davies, I can guarantee you, never takes pens for Bayern. So no, <laughs> no, and Alfonso coming off the injury had that hamstring injury going into the tournament, but. Thing about I, I heard this on Overdrive and I really kind of it rang with me where they were like, oh, you know, it's a, it's a good result. Uh, Canada, you know, it's one nothing against Belgium, and you know, we're really just building for the next one, the 2026 World Cup, and it's like that's like a loser's mentality. That you is, should yeah. be thinking to yourself like, hey, we dominated that game, uh, like we could have stole that game against Belgium, we could have stole it and won, right? Like because because. You're supposed to be there. You qualified to get there, so you're there. Like you deserve to be there, and then you go and you outplay the second best team in the world, regardless of what standings would say. Like it's a game that they probably should have won, and you got to find a way to win those games. But I've I've watched a lot of things that said uh, Croatia's really good. They're older. They got a lot of guys on the wrong side of 35, and apparently they're really going to struggle with the pace that Canada brings, the speed that Canada plays with. So. You hope to see Canada go out there and, and get a result and probably win against Croatia and then at the very least against Morocco get another result so that by the time Sunday rolls around, you're not just playing a friendly. You know what I mean? Like, Because if you lose against Croatia, then your tournament's over. Right. Yeah, it's a must win. I liked uh, their, their coach's mentality, though. I think he was saying going into it, like he really believes in the boys and all that. Maybe Stewie J, you could dig up the clip where he, he says, uh, you know, F Croatia. He was saying, F Croatia, we're going to go in there and beat them. We're going to go and F Croatia. That's as, as simple as it gets. But yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a must win. I'll definitely be tuning in for that game. I had to miss the one against Belgium, which I really wanted to watch, but they just got too busy there. So good to hear the, the report there from uh, Stewie J and some stats from DK. But yeah, <coughs> let's get that win because uh, like DK said, we're not looking at 2026. We're looking at right now. We actually qualified. Let's get our first FIFA World Cup goal. Let's get our first FIFA World Cup win. But yeah. um, we... Sorry, Ty. We uh, the team actually looks great. I was surprised because you know, like, there's some world class players on Belgium, like Eden Hazard, um, Kevin De Bruyne. And, well, I mean, they're they're the second ranked team, nation for for a reason, right? I don't think that like <laughs> looking at this game now, I don't think that uh, that ranking is very accurate anymore. I'd say there's a few teams that are be- better than Belgium, but maybe it's just first game jitters. But we were not supposed to even match up with them in terms of chances, like. Look at Saudi Arabia, though, beating uh, Argentina, like upset after upset. But they didn't now play Argentina, you know what I mean? Like, it, I'm saying upsets could happen, but I'm saying, like, we actually should have won that game. Like, expected goals were 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 in favor of us, you know what I mean? 
So we actually like uh, Davies, although he missed that pen, did look like he's in a wor- like a class above the rest on our team. And yeah. then there was like there was a couple like good performers. The there's this one Eustachio kid. I don't know ex- if that's exactly how you pronounce his name, but he plays in Portugal, Porto, and he looked f- fantastic out there. Like he looked like he he could have been on the Belgian team if he was a bel like if he was Belgian, right? He could have played on their team too. Like he, he he wasn't outmatched out there. And then the rest of the guys, like I'm not sure if they're the rest of the guys are really like world class players like uh, Davies and Eustachio, but they played with like so much heart, good pace. And, and the Canadian style of soccer now is kind of pretty unique. Like there's a lot of comments online on like on Twitter and in forums elsewhere around the internet that were saying like they're re- people were really entertained and impressed by Canada and they really like watching them play just because it's a very like fast paced style like. Um, like you said, like Croatia might have a hard time like matching the pace if they play the same way. I don't think they can play exactly the same way they played Belgium. I don't know, but it it was just pretty fun to watch. Like I'm used to watching like the Portuguese and it was just like a totally different style of football than I'm used to there. So yeah. they're entertaining to watch for sure. And speaking of Portugal, big win for the fucking lads today. Cristiano Ronaldo. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, big, <laughs> hey, big well, win. Speaking of, Ronaldo, uh, first, first, first man yeah. to score five or to score a goal in five different World Cups, dude. That's if that's not longevity, if that's not fucking greatness, I don't know what is. Probably his last World Cup too, right? Like he's, uh, he's yeah, tearing oh, yeah. up in the anthems for being sung there. I think he's, uh, he knows it's the yeah. End he's of 37 his, uh, now, so it's the end road. of his fucking yeah. yeah. He's in the fucking uh, twilight of his career, but he's still like he's still a great player. He's kind of getting shafted. I know you wanted to talk about this too, Ty, but uh, yeah. so we'll just move right into it, I guess. But yeah, he's getting shafted by fucking just sewered by the sewered by the Red Devils. Absolutely sewered. <laughs> by our our boys in in Manchester there, United. Yeah, well, that's all the a United shame fans. too. Because he started there, right? Like he's a wasn't he a rookie there and everything? And he went back. It was supposed to be his big return there, and everyone. Well, yeah, was he was a young player it. there. That was his first, yeah. um, his first like big transfer. I think he came up with sporting in Portugal and then, yeah, then he kind of, right. he kind of became a star in Man U, right? That's yeah. I don't really, really know all the, uh, the details of why that happened. Didn't it have something to do with Progba or something like that? Or am I mixing it up? I might be mixing up. Fuck to- dude. I don't even know, dude. Um, he did like an interview with Pierce Morgan that I've still, I've still yet to watch, but it was like major news. And then uh, it sounds like he was just being mistreated there. You know what I mean? But like, yeah, and you'd think they treat him the best, like he's their guy, right? It's a shame. He's their guy, and like he gets fucking Europe, man. Like if if the team plays bad, what's Ronaldo doing? You know what I mean? Like he takes a lot of yeah. he takes a lot of fucking flack, but he was also like their best player last year too. Like I don't know, like why they hate him so much, but I think it's uh, the same with Mbappe, right? With uh, Team France there when uh, France lost in uh, I think it was the Euros or whatever. Though everyone was all over Mbappe. See, those are best player out there man he's a guy that's like giving us a yeah i think he choked a pen though you're all over him <laughs> yeah yeah, well, yeah i think pen. it was yeah i remember that actually was a, a yeah, shot that he, he should soccer fans are fucking different too like i don't know if you guys watched some of the clips like when queen elizabeth died and they're doing a moment of silence in an england game it was like england versus somebody and the other fans are like chanting like basically like in their language like fucked queen and shit like that <laughs> i know yeah a moment yeah. of silence like soccer fans are built different dude like they they'll love you but as soon as they hate you 
they fucking hate you, dude. Like, there's not, they don't yeah. care if you're the best player or the worst player on the team. They're going to treat you the exact same. It's crazy watching soccer fans when you're when you don't come from that world. It's wild. Yeah. Yeah. A friend exactly. of mine said he went to Europe to go see a game in uh, Scotland or something like that. And he said uh, he went to a fight and a soccer game broke out because it was just yeah. brawls. Yeah. Like, it was just a huge rivalry match and the whole stadium was just brawling <laughs> and shit. It was insane. That's like, outrageous. Crazy shit. But uh, anyways, uh, we got lots to talk about today, so we can move on here to our next topic, and uh, we'll get into the NHL here. And first things first, big shout out to Roberto Luongo, Daniel Sedin, Henrik Sedin, Riga Salonen, Herb Carnegie, and of course, my favorite player of all time, Daniel Alfredson. They were all officially inducted into the Hockey Hall of Fame since our last pod, so had to mention that today. All uh, well-deserved. And then also since our last pod, the Ottawa Senators announced that Chris Neal's going to have his jersey hung in the rafters as they retire number 25. In Ottawa, not trying to say I told you so, but it happened, baby. Let's go. I think it was like episode yeah. two or three. I was like, fucking, if you were going to put one tough guy into the into the rafters or like who would it be? And I was saying Chris Neal and uh, it happened. So I don't know. Yeah, uh, that DK, was a conversation you, you we hate had. This, eh? What do you think, DK? No. I love it, dude. I, I love it. You know yeah, what I mean? Like if, if the Leafs that. had to honor a guy like, uh, you know, like put Ty Domi in the stands or Darcy Tucker in the up in the rafters, like. It's almost a little bit embarrassing. Like, yeah, they did a great job, but they were a fucking tough guy at the end of the day. But at the same point, this Chris it's like, you know what? You know, all of all the guys on the rafters, one of the guys that's up there is Chris Neal. It's like, oh, you guys have had a real lot of good talent coming through. I want to throw up there. Shut up, Chris Neal up there. <laughs> but Chris Neal's jersey going up there, that is the, since our last pod, that is about the only positive news that the Ottawa Senators have really come across in the last fucking, since we've, done the pod was it 14 days i saw their fucking two seven and one in their last 10 their uh last place in the uh, atlantic division they have the least amount of goals scored in the atlantic division they almost have the least amount of goals scored in the whole eastern conference um we were talking last time and i said ty they're gonna have to go uh i was listening to the pod on the way in today so i was like uh ty they're gonna have to go like 40 21 and oh to even sniff the playoffs You're like, yeah they could do that I don't think they have that fucking chance, buddy. Like they're gonna have to well, play twenty four <laughs> games over five hundred. At that time, they had the Hamburglar. Remember when they had Hamburglar a few years yeah. back? Yeah. Crazy. I'm not saying like it's not gonna happen this year. It's November and uh, in the Atlantic Division, it's it's too fucking stacked. And I said maybe ten games ago they should have fired the coach then and there. And uh, they they haven't done anything. They haven't made any changes. Dorian hasn't made any moves. And I wonder if they're waiting for the team to sell before they you know, move on to a new coach or a new GM or anything like that. Like why would they go out and hire new staff that a new owner could come in and just want to fire right away anyway. So I have a feeling it might be, uh, you know, if they don't get their shit together, like tomorrow it's a uh, tank for Bedard season at this point, because they're not doing anything to change it. We need defense where we got Shabbat injured. Zub was out. We need that right-handed defenseman. We needed it going into the season, that top four right-handed defenseman. And Dorian hasn't done anything to, to, you know, go out and get someone. So, uh, you know, he's almost in the hot seat now too, but I don't think they're going to make any staff changes until a new owner comes in. And uh, really that's the only bright thing going on in Ottawa, other than obviously beautiful to see Alfie going into the hall of fame, Chris Neal getting his jersey retired. That's some positives. But other than that, it's just been uh, the same shit every game. Like you see DJ Smith, he's playing Derek Broussard on second line center. When our top goal scorer, Shane Pinto, he's playing him on a third line. And uh, he has never reunited the Stutzel to Brinkett line since preseason. Like, I just, 
I'm sick of the coaching right now. I was sick of it 10 games ago. And uh, I could bitch about this for the whole podcast. So I'm not even going to go on about it, but the guy's <laughs> got to go. I just don't think anything's going to change till there's new ownership. I heard the weekend might be interested in buying the Sens, though. He's another name, and there's uh, 20 potential buyers involved. But a guy like the weekend, too, he needs a buddy with uh, deep pockets to help that, just like Ryan Reynolds. But fuck, man, there's a, there's a bright future ahead right now. It's uh, still pretty dark times at the moment. Buddy, you might have we'll an all star cast of fucking owners at some point here. <laughs> oh, buddy, it's going to be just a bunch of A listers. Uh, absolutely yeah. hype. It's going to be electric. Like, as soon as. Uh, the team gets sold in that. There's going to be some big shakeups, I think, in staffing. Uh, they'll make some trades. You know, it's going to be yeah. – I'm looking forward to it. Right now, it's it's tough, though. It's tough. You know, last night, stayed up late, watched the late game. They fucking were competitive there for the first two periods, and they just choke in the end. Like, it's just – they're they're weak in yeah, the Yeah, I defense, feel bad man. for they you, honestly, goals, man. But I don't – I no, because there was a bunch of fucking, like, hope going into the season, and I thought they were going to be decent, too, and then they just fucking – I mean, like – Early, we went the through this as Leafs fans for fucking ten years straight of being like, "Hey, we're gonna be good this year." Look at our first line: Bozak, Kessel, Van Riemsdyk, and we fooled ourselves time in and time out that we were gonna be a playoff team. And for ten years in a row, we got slapped in the fucking face. And the last five, six years, we've still been getting slapped in the face. It takes way longer than adding a old Claude Giroux and Alex DeBrinket to be better, right? Like, like we said it right off the hop. Thomas Shabbat, I love him as a defenseman. Love him as a defenseman. He plays like 31 minutes a night. No, he's not that good. He's not that good. Yeah, hasn't been playing as well this year either. I think uh, Jake Sanderson stepped into that role. Shabbat went down. Jake Sanderson, 20 years old. The guy looks like he's been playing in the NHL for 10 fucking years. He's not even played 20 games in the NHL yet. That guy's going to be a stud, man. Uh, I forget who it was on the the panel on TNT was saying this guy could be uh, similar to to Adam Fox one day, like the next American defenseman, like the next greatest American defenseman. So uh, I'm stoked about the future of this Sens team. They're still young. They're making rookie mistakes. There was a problem going into it, like I said, about defense uh, going into the season that Dorian didn't address, and here we are with the defensive problem. Yeah, but it's easy to say that in hindsight, though, because you were saying he was going to be GM of the year based on his offseason moves, and now and now it's looking like there, he, he didn't do enough. Yeah. Even then, though, I was saying we're still missing one piece. We were looking at Chitrin, right? I was saying we got to bring in a, a right-handed defenseman. And then, you know, he's like, you know, we're, we're going to go with what we got, basically. And uh, he didn't address the problem that we, that everyone was pointing out. And you can see that's our that's our weakness right now. Like, we can get uh, lots of offense going on. But then in our defensive end, it's just stupid mistakes, turnovers, and shit like that. Like, I think that's part of the coaching, too. There's no structure out there. They look like they're they're – don't know what they're doing. Like they look confused. They don't know who's where. This is why I think Ottawa is worse than Ottawa fans think. Everyone points to the defense being the problem. They have 58 goals for 58. That's like worst in the whole Atlantic division. They have the least amount of goals for in the Atlantic division by like seven, which is two games. So yeah, their defense could be a big problem. They don't score any goals. They just don't. They don't. They they have the lead, like I said, the least amount of goals scored in the Atlantic Division, and there's only what two teams that I could see, three teams in the whole Eastern Conference that they have more goals than. They have the fourth least amount of goals in the whole Eastern Conference. So it's not even the defense. Like, yeah, the defense is a big problem. They're probably two pieces away on defense I mean, it, alone. It costs games though. Like you're, wa- I watch every game and it costs some games. Like they go ahead, they get ahead in the score, they get the goals, and then 
it's just like a bad pass in front of the net or something that just costs them. And it's like the last 30 seconds of the period. Like it's just these stupid little fucking shooting yourself in your own foot kind of shit that uh, you got to dial in. It's stupid penalties too. It's like DJ fucking your guy's taking stupid penalties all the time. Bench his ass, you know, <laughs> fucking scratch him next game. He doesn't dial anyone in. He's just trying to be their best buddies out there. And I just, uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm pissed, dude. You got to be optimistic, though, right? Like, of course, going into the season, I'm stoked about this team. I love what they did. It's a fucking great players we brought in. You got it. You got to believe in your team, right? I always will till the fucking end of time. But fucking, uh, it's tough when uh, you don't see any shuffling going on in your in your uh, coaching or GMs. Like, there's nothing that's changed. They're just running it game in, game out the same lines. Broussard on third line center, Pinto or second line center, Pinto on third line. Like, stupid shit. I just. Uh, you know, I think I could fucking coach better than that. <laughs> not all the coach either, though, right? The players need to come out and perform, too. The players are, are not living up to their expectations. Like, DeBrinckit's got to start scoring goals. He's got a, probably a point per game, but he's not scoring the goals like he's supposed to. He's supposed to be our fucking 40-goal scoring guy. So, lots of work yep. to be done still, but uh, I like uh, where we're headed, at least. It's just, we got to sell the team there and see what happens after that. Maybe tank for Bedard at this point, baby. Let's go. <laughs> I well I think that's your best bet. Why you know what? If you guys are at where you're at right now, it's American Thanksgiving, it's 20 games in, you guys know kind of what you are as a team. Why not at this point, yeah, like try to trade Zoob. Try to trade some of these pieces that you know they're not going to be there long term. They're not going to make an impact long term. Trade them and get better draft capital. Go I for a top five pick. Zub, though. You, Zub, I wouldn't I wouldn't trade Zoob. He's like one of our only right-handed defensemen that are solid. And uh, he plays with Shabon and whatnot. I think that's a guy you hang on to, but you got to definitely trade something. I don't know who it is. Yeah. Maybe some prospects. We got a shitload of prospects. We got uh, both those goalies now that like Talbots hasn't been showing up either. Like there's just guys that were supposed to show up, not showing up yet. And uh, yep. I can blame the coach every single day of the week, but I think a lot of it has to do with that. As uh, I think DJ's a great guy, but I think a lot of it has to do with this coaching, to be honest. But well, and I feel bad for him because you're probably right. But he's only got so many bodies he could use on defense that are even NHL caliber, right? So whether he throws out the six guys that are up, that's more on Dorian, right? Like to be like, hey, you haven't given me six quality guys to even play with whatsoever, or to even like have whatsoever. So one of those things, you feel kind of bad for him. But uh, at the same point, let's switch gears over to a team that me and Stu have just been ripping on all season that has actually kind of turned it around and, and had a good little stretch here playing great through a bunch of injuries. And that is the Toronto Maple Leafs. Stu, what's been your takeaway from the last like 10 games since our boss? I like how Murray's been playing, dude. Ooh. Murray came back and fucking he's looked stellar, buddy. And it's been <laughs> good for my fantasy team too. So <laughs> so that's been a, a, a bright spot. Um, now though, a new problem that has risen is the absence of Morgan Riley because now there's a lot of guys that got to make up some minutes, but uh, we looked okay. We looked okay against New Jersey and um, I think for the first time in a while, especially against a team like the Devils, like historically, I guess, the Leafs were the underdog going into that game. Yep. And they ended up ending the streak. So, yeah, I, I don't know, dude. I like how we're playing. We're getting scoring from multiple different places. You've seen like a little bit of shakeup among the top two lines there. Now it's Matthews and Nylander. Matthews still kind of yet to figure it out totally, but he's still producing at like a fine rate. But uh, it's a guy you want to see score every night, so... It's hard to match what he did last year, but you almost hope he gets back to that elite level again. But yeah, as a team, though, I'm happy with the latest performance. 
Yeah, I thought I thought for sure. Like, it's a guy that surprises me because I, I don't think either of us were on board with this whole Matt Murray thing. Obviously, everyone had the potential. When he's been in the net, he's been pretty fucking good. Outside of that first yeah. game against Montreal, like some of the saves he was making last night were unbelievable. Like unbelievable right. saves yeah. last night. Like he he won that game for the Leafs last night, and it's just crazy to watch thinking like. It just, it's going to take one side to side push for him to be out for another month. And I don't have that faith in him that he's <laughs> going to be able to stay healthy. But man, if he stays healthy and he plays like this, this is some of the best goaltending we've seen since like Freddie Anderson in his prime yeah. with us sometimes, right? Like he is a big ass goalie, big pads. He's very fundamentally sound. It's a lot different than watching like the Jack Campbells or the James Reimers or the Jonathan Bernier's that we've always been accustomed to watch. It's fucking yeah. nice to watch Matt Murray have some success. I like the goaltending tandem so far i mean they haven't really been healthy at the same time together but it's worked out while they've both been in the net though like samsonov was was playing really well before he got hurt and murray's come back and he's playing well right now so although we had our doubts it looks like to this point it's been fine but you know at some point the goaltending might just break down because like it feels like it happens every year like last year we were gassed up jack campbell who looked like he might win the vesna for the first half of the season and then it just became a fucking he kind of just became a sieve, realistically. Oh yeah. Swiss piece, so, and he's still carrying it over to his Edmonton now. Like he's Edmonton. I, I was listening to this segment. They said if Edmonton could go back and just eject that contract, do you think they? Do you think they? If they could turn back the clock, you know what I mean. Like you don't sign one contract this off season. Is it Jack Campbell five years by five million? Is that the one they they don't sign? It is because there is a lot of goalies that were either on on the free agent market or available by trade them switch teams this year and are playing well like i think yeah. of um well the big name signing was kind of like kemper yep. and then there was the um samsonov and murray in toronto who both played well in their time so far um fitek vanacek looks really good in new jersey yep. um there was a couple other options and it feels like they attacked campbell a little bit you know what i mean like they yeah. wanted they, like that was their guy and now it turns out he was like the worst of well, to this point, he's been the worst of the big name goalies that uh, moved. Yeah, hundred percent. I I couldn't agree more. I was listening to that and I thought the same thing. I was like, oh yeah, if you could go back, like realize if he has another bad year, because like we said, he was one of the worst goaltenders in the league the whole second half of the season, save percentage wise, goals against wise. Last year, he was one of the worst goalies, and now he's coming in, letting in five spots, six spots, seven spots the whole time. Stuart Skinner looks like he was going to steal the job from Jack Campbell, and you have him signed for five more years what five mil per like that's crazy commitment to a guy like that right now yeah that was like um, similar to uh when when ottawa even signed murray i think it was a contract like that like five years yep. however many million and then he was injured like he played or he was out more games than he played i think we looked at the stats a few weeks ago yep. and, uh it is it is good to see him doing well i wish he did well with another team though fuck the leafs but it is good to see him like healthy and back because i always did want him to do good he just was always uh battling an injury or COVID or he was sick or whatever the fuck like he he uh just never fucking got it done but uh I wonder how long it lasts in Toronto before he gets injured again like you said one little uh push from his side of his neck he's pulling something else but we'll see anytime they right say now. oh and Matt Murray gets up slow like I I start just yeah. putting the hands in the face <laughs> thinking like oh here's another six weeks like there's not one time where that guy moves slow and you think oh he's gonna get up like I think it was like one of his first games back he got tripped standing in the crease and fell flat on his face. And I was like at home visiting my parents. I said to my dad, he's up for the season probably. 
<laughs> if something happened, he's probably gone for the season. You have no faith that this guy's going to stay healthy. But fuck, if he can and play like this, that's like he's found his old form. Yeah. Yeah. Um, boys, I hate to break bad news on the pod, but uh, something to do with the Leafs here. Uh, we lost a hockey legend today in uh, Borsh Salmin there. Uh, one of the first European hockey players to really light it up in the NHL and one of the greatest players of his time. So really sad to see him pass after battling with ALS there, which is just a horrible disease. But I am glad the Leafs were able to honor him at a recent game there and give him one last standing O. Uh, you guys probably watched that game. And uh, he was in, t- in attendance there right on the ice. So that was great to see. But he did leave us here today. So I had to, I had to mention him rest in peace to a legend, Borscht Salming there. Legend. And uh, yeah, I think like uh, I'm b- glad- before my time watching hockey, but you watch his highlight reels and shit. This guy was uh, revolutionary. Like he was an amazing hockey player. No Toughest doubt. guy yeah. in the biz too. There's those pictures in with his face all beat up playing like, I don't know if it's from yeah. a fight or a puck to the face or whatever, but the guy was just a machine. Didn't give a fuck out there. Legends. I um Bye. yeah, that's it was it was horrible news today. And like you said it earlier, Ty, and you just said it now. Like ALS is a brutal disease, man. Like it took him quick, I think. Like it yeah. feels like last like it was just last year he could do like an interview like totally fine. You know what I mean? And and then yeah. by like it's just a few months you can't even talk anymore. Like it it really yeah. it really sucks. Sad to see him go. He was like a pioneer of Swedish hockey and one of the greats, man. And probably yeah, the best uh, Leafs defenseman of all time. And he was that yeah. first one to break like the, um, when he was in the league, there was other European players cause he's from Sweden or whatever. And they were always known as these soft players who don't really get involved. And they were just skilled guys. And he was the first one to really break that mold and be like, you know, the tough European player that came over and was playing and, and really kind of, set the trend and, and, and paved the way for a lot of European defensemen and European players that ended up coming over after him. Uh, absolute legend. Like I said, he looked, he looked very rough um, the other night there when the Leafs were honoring him. Um, it was sad to see. I think that was the takeaways that, you know, it's great to see he got in one last time, but I don't think anybody uh, thought he was going to make it to the next ceremony kind of thing. Um, it's tough to see, but you know, I like like you guys said before our time, but you know, like our dads and our grandfathers would all remember watching hockey and watching Borea Salmon rip around that ice. And it's too bad that hockey loses another legend. Yeah, rest in peace to a legend. Uh, moving on here to uh, some other hockey talk. We got picks, right? We got uh, Stewie J Saturdays. I think Stu, did you <coughs> actually uh, make some picks for this coming weekend, or are we holding off, or what's the plan here? Now I got I got a little something something you know what I mean like uh, it's right, gonna be right. it's gonna be a tough weekend now I want to I mean I want to go back to a little bit of a parlay um, I didn't have a great week last week I got fucking I kind of caught some fucking flack from a few of the lads for failing and I've just had to remind <laughs> the boys that I'm still up like fucking twenty percent uh, on the year so let's chill out but uh. I don't yeah. even think you caught flack from, from me. I think that was Cam, wasn't it? One yeah, it was like, video yeah, games. Cam was chirping about it. The <laughs> listeners, the listeners are the fucking enemy here. They don't, they don't like what I lose. Fuck. <laughs> it's because they're the ones tailing the picks. <laughs> I know. Exactly. Exactly. Well, but, uh, yeah, so I'm in a rut and the best time to hop on the train is, uh, is in a rut because eventually it's got to turn, turn around. You know what I mean? I don't know. Yeah. Maybe that's, maybe that's entirely backwards. But what oh, I got you're due. this weekend, you're due for some W's. Exactly. You're not cold. You're due. Exactly. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> I'm going to use that from now on. I'm not cold. I'm due. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Stewie J Saturday. 
This weekend, I have the Florida Panthers money line and the New York Islanders money line parlayed. It's going to be a weekend, I think, of some backup goalies. That's the kind of the expectation. Obviously, nothing's confirmed until sometimes the day of the pregame interview or the morning skate. You find out who's who's in the starting net. It looks like what's expected is that the, the, the Flyers and the Islanders, that might be a game of backup goalies. I like Varlamov better than I like Sandstrom. I like the Islanders better than I like the Flyers in general. I take it either way, especially if it's Sandstrom in that for the Flyers, actually. But regardless, I do like the Islanders no matter what happens. Enough to put in a parlay with the Florida Panthers. The Blues don't look so hot this year. Uh, I mean, they're okay, but kind of just mid. The Panthers not playing as well as the Panthers should be playing, but still, I think, a far better team than the Blues are. And that also might be a game of backup goalies, at least for the Blues. I think Thomas Grice might be in the in the starting net. Um, I like the Panthers better. Similar to the Islanders game, I just like the Panthers better than the Blues too. Next up for straights, I'm going to take the Vegas Golden Knights over the Vancouver Canucks. Not sure about the goaltending situation. That one, I think that might actually be both starters. Who knows? But I think um, the Golden Knights playing at home, are a far better, are far just far better in general than the Canucks, and <clears throat> I don't see them losing a primetime Saturday night game like that. Demko, who people thought might turn, might have a breakout year, is struggling a little bit, and that's the reason I'm going Vegas. And then finally, if this is a game of backup goalies, which it looks like could be the situation that unfolds, 4 p.m. Eastern in Carolina. It's the Flames and the Hurricanes. If it's both backup goalies, I'm kind of fucking, I'm kind of, I don't know. I kind of want to take the over. So um, obviously the Canes are a good defensive team and the Flames aren't too bad themselves. But um, two high octane offenses, in my opinion, and with backup goalies in the net, maybe. um, I like the over in that game. Islanders, Panthers, Moneyline, Parlay, Hurricanes, Flames, over, and Vegas Golden Knights money line. I love it. I love it. Wow. Oh, and, and hold up. If you want one extra one, if you want to get back on the Devils train, if you think the Devils rebound a little bit in the, the like this weekend, um, I think I might put like a little something something on Devils money line. Yeah, well, speaking of the Devils, okay way, to, way to call uh, them being the uh, the non Fugazis out of the the possible Fugazis. Bro, I told you, bro. I told you, bro. Um, fuck honestly i didn't watch a devil's game before that like when you (laughs) asked that question or whoever asked that and then uh same with the flyers really like i was (coughs) i was just kind of guessing i watched a couple sabers games because the Sens played them and uh our buddy there lucas is a fan so we tune in every once in a while but the other two teams yeah the sabers are struggling bro i thought the sabers jerseys look pretty slick though last night they were running those black uh goat head i didn't see that oh i wish they were gorgeous and Skinner got like a highlight reel goal wearing it too. So they, like they just they, who did they play? They smoked them, whoever they played, didn't they? Uh I can't remember who they played. I was just watching it. Check right now. I can't fucking you have to go go look for me. But uh, uh St. Louis, yeah, Siri, there you go. The fuck yeah. the blues, bro. Free money. They run a win streak, I think, going into that too. I could be wrong, but they, they were, were yeah, they were they were rolling. Yeah, so they're doing okay lately. But. Yeah. That Tage Thompson guy's a unit, man. I didn't realize how fucking big that guy is. He's got to be like six foot eight or something. Yeah, he's a lanky like, fuck, he's, dude, isn't he? He's, he's big as he's shit. He's got sick hands too. He's just dangling people out there. Yeah, they got uh, they got some players, but they're they're struggling. They're kind of in the same boat as the Sands at this point. But uh, we'll move on to UFC here, and uh, 
we still got to recap UFC 281 after uh, missing last week there. And not trying to brag, but Ty's wicked ticket was uh, pretty damn wicked that night. We cashed uh, the two-leg parlay there of Gutierrez and Hooker. We also cashed the three-leg parlay, which was uh, Zhang, Petrosky, and Ulberg. That was like plus 252 on DraftKings. Thanks to the BetStamp app there, we were able to find the best odds for that. And then uh, one of our singles paid there uh, big time. Uh, when uh, Pareda there put Izzy on skates like Elsa from Frozen, if you will, and knocked his ass out. I don't know if you got the reference there going into that fight. Uh, Izzy was saying he was going to put Pareda on skates like Elsa from Frozen, but it was the complete opposite. And uh, did you guys have any thoughts on that main event? We kind of fucking nailed the underdog there. That was beauty. That was amazing, dude. See, I was saying there's no way that he's already beat him twice, man. So I thought yeah. I, I had a feeling three for it was going to happen. And three for you three. Did it. I like my Brazilian lads. So, uh, um, not that I don't like Adesanya. I'm a fan. I'm an Adesanya fan, but um, I think yeah, I was just like one of those ones going into. I was like, I don't really care who wins. I like both these guys. Um, but based on history, I am going Pereira, and he won. Yeah. Say, I, I, I was on the uh, Adesanya plus one ten for him to win by decision, and going into the fifth round, I was like, I think I got this. Like, I think. I think if this goes to the decision, Adesanya is going to win. And then the the speech from the corner of yeah, Pereira, what Pereira was yeah. unbelievable, being like, you better go out there and knock his ass out. You're going to lose. And then he went out and did it. That was like from a fucking Rocky movie. That was unbelievable. Yeah. I love watching that. You know, that reminded me exactly of uh, the Edwards uh, knocking out Usman fight. Like, I think we even said on last pod, too. Like, I hope, uh, I think I said, I hope he gets knocked out like Usman did. Like, uh, yeah. I don't know if I said in the late rounds or whatnot, but it was the same shit. Like going into the fifth round, they were definitely down like three to one or whatever it was. And the corner work was just insane. They're like, you have to knock him out. And in five minutes, you will be the champion. And what does he go do? He fucking went out there, knocked his ass out and became champion. And like you said, straight out of a fucking movie. Man. But uh, I think honestly, Chamayev would smoke a guy like Pareda now and make it look easy. And I think you might see that fight happen where, uh, Chamayev gets the title shot pretty soon. I don't know who else. I guess he used to fight Covington first. I think that's his next fight. I'm not sure if that's booked. I'd have to go double check. But uh, one more fight, and then I think he's fighting for the belt. And uh, we'll see if Pareto fights before then or not. But uh, I can't wait to see Chamayev go out there and smoke any of those guys, dude. That's my boy, Chamayev. They're hype trained since day one. Let's go. But also on that card, we saw a bunch of other great fights. We had uh, one that wasn't so great, though. Molly Meatball got absolutely smoked. And uh, that was kind of expected because she was like a huge underdog. What was it, like plus fucking 600 or something for her to win? She was like but plus the like was to win or something like that. Yeah. And she was oh, fighting yeah. this. She's 30, 33 fighting this um, like up and comer. That was 23 years old where Dana said this girl's going to be a future champion and yada, yada, yada. Yep. She kind of got thrown to the wolves with in this fight for sure. She was heavily, heavily outmatched right off the hop. Oh, it was embarrassing. Like it was just hard to watch. Honestly, it's like. Fuck, dude, she had no, she couldn't do anything. She was just getting uh, like pinned down to the ground, just struggling to get out, using all, every ounce of energy to push out of that like fucking hold she was yep. in. It just uh, she was going nowhere, just taking a beating. So uh, that was unfortunate. But a uh, few other takeaways from that card, I thought uh, Chandler almost won that fight, fight of the year uh-huh. candidate. Like we said, DK, we were saying going to that that could be a potential fight of the year. It hundred uh, percent was. And yep. then uh, Moicano, absolute electric factory. Uh, that fight uh, just goes to show how important the post uh, fight interviews are because just in that 
two minutes he had there, I think he probably gained like a thousand, like a hundred thousand followers or whatever the fuck on his social media because he was just fired up at DK. I think he had it by uh, submission there. Is that correct? Yeah, I gave out that pick. I, I went through the stats. I went through Brad Riddell's last fights and I said he got subbed in 45 seconds in the fight before this. Hanato Moicano goes in there and wins by sub. And I fucking, yeah, as soon as they locked that sub in, it was like, man, that might have been one of my best calls I've ever had on this pod for the UFC. Because usually, I like, we always talk about it. My bets are pizza money bets, and they're not, like, these fundamentally sound bets. But that was one where the research paid off, and we fucking hammered it. And then another one, Ty, me and you can make an absolute fortune on our rule of do not fucking bet on 40 year <laughs> You just don't. Yeah. You just can't. I know Frankie Edgar because when they're 40 and they've been in the UFC forever, you can make a case as to why you should bet them a million times over, right? The octagon experience. They're, they've been in there with the best of them. They know how to win a fight. But at the end of the day, when you're fucking 40 going up against a 27-year-old, it's just not going to fucking, it's not going to fly. It's just not. And yeah. we saw that with gonna... KO and Frankie Edgar. I know everyone loves them. Fuck Frankie Edgar. You don't get in an octagon when you're 40 I, when you're when you're on a big card like this or me and Ty are going to bet against you and make money off you. Yeah, those leg kicks and punches to the face probably feel a little bit different when you're 40 than when you're 27 oh, yeah. or whatnot. <laughs> and he, yeah. yeah, that was unfortunate. That was his last fight in UFC because it was kind of a tough way to watch him go out like a, a long-term Flying UFC bet like that, just getting knocked the fuck out like uh, out cold. But uh, that's the game, right? That's the, that's the fight game. It happens. Another takeaway I had from that card was uh, Dan Hooker is back. I think he even said, like, if you get smoked in this fight, he's like, he might be looking at retirement. I know he's not that old, but he's fought. He's been fighting the UFC forever. So I was like, you know, I wonder how much uh, how much longer he'll be in the UFC. I think after that win, he'll be sticking around. And he looked great in it. Those body kicks and everything were, uh, were deadly. So loved seeing that. And then uh, just overall takeaway was what a card, man. Both the co-main and the main uh, event, the belts changed over. And uh, we got the good old and new from Bruce Buffer there. So you'll love to hear that. And um, moving on from that, I won't even talk about last weekend's uh, Wicked Ticket, even though we did get some hits on it. We did cash one parlay. The card was just kind of underwhelming, especially after experiencing 281 there. And then uh, the main event got canceled on last weekend's uh, card too, which I was looking forward to. So uh, not much to talk about there. And then there's no fights this weekend in the UFC, so I won't make the Wicked Ticket just yet. I'll save that for next pod, but I will say a couple of fighters I'm leaning towards right now that are subject to change. You know, people could miss weight. There could be changes or whatever, but I like Holland over Wonderboy Thompson. I like uh, Tui Vasa, Shui Tui there, who's a dog, by the way, over Pavlovich. And then I got the, uh, always mess this guy's name up, uh, Diakis over Johnson. And then uh, I'm not locking this one in here yet, but uh, I see Darren Elkins is a plus 400 underdog against Pierce. The damn. I might have to go with the dog there, man. Might have to go with the dog, but we'll we'll take a look. I don't want another meatball situation happening where huge dog goes into it and just gets dominated. But Darren Elkins, we've said on the pod before, the guy's a he's a beauty. I think he's one of Mike Malott's boys too, right? You got to stick with one of our yep. boys there. But uh, DK, did you have any thoughts on the upcoming card there? Or uh, so just, this uh, card, it's not it's not necessarily star studded, right? This card, but it's a lot no, of guys no. that I feel like on this pod that maybe the in the first couple we we had picked them and they've been winners so now they're turned into like yeah. my guys like Mark Jacadzi's yeah. Mark Jacadzi's fighting Michael Johnson. Yeah. I will bet Mark Jacadzi to get a win by KO every single time he fights. I don't care if it's plus a million. Like you just have to do it because one of the first picks I gave out on this was Jacadzi to win by KO and he did. So like he's my guy now, right? 
Darren Elkins, the yep. damage. We have a clip of, of Darren Elkins. The damage. Like, the, the damage tattoo. Like, he's our fucking guy now. Like, you have to bet. Best on. tattoo of all time. <laughs> There's a lot of guys on this card that are like, I don't know them personally, but these guys are my boys. So like, I got to pick them. No fundamentally sound picks at all. All just my guys. Yeah, and we'll revisit these next week. We'll take another look at maybe some tape and whatnot and some uh, more stats, a little more in-depth look and, and revisit these. But those are the ones I think, you know, likely we'll talk about these again next week and we'll have those same picks for you. And then, uh, you know, in the meantime, while we got this week where there's no UFC, make sure you download the Stamp app so you can find which sportsbook has the best odds for all these picks we're going to make uh, next pod. And use code NUX when you sign up for that. And then speaking of picks... DK's briefcase. We got one of those for uh for the lads here this week. DK, what are we thinking? We always have a DK's briefcase. Last week, before we spin the audio here, I lost on the Cowboys. I've, this is actually two weeks ago. Cowboys minus four. They were up 28 to 14 in the third quarter. I turned the motherfucker off and started cleaning the apartment a little bit, thinking, oh, three and oh. What a what a performance. Had the Vikings on the money line, game of the year, Vikings versus the Bills. Thank you very much. We doubled Dan on Sunday because Allen was still in. Not only did we cash it up plus 150 on the Thursday, we cashed it up plus 250 on Sunday. I had the Arizona Cardinals plus 105 over the LA Rams. It was a week of the dogs. Ty hit a bunch of dogs in the UFC. I hit a bunch of dogs in the NFL. But for this week, I'm scrolling through it right now. So spin the audio for DK's briefcase. Ladies and gentlemen, DK's briefcase. There's not a lot I love on the board here this week. I'm going to be completely honest. I think I came out and said that last week, and every week I do say that, I end up hitting pretty well. My first pick that I'm going to have is the Baltimore Ravens over the Jacksonville Jaguars minus three and a half. I think the Baltimore Ravens have kind of settled down their defensive issues from earlier in the season. This Jacksonville team is getting far too much, and I mean far too much respect from the books. I think the Ravens go in there to Jacksonville and slap them around as a business trip. Give me the Ravens minus three and a half as my first pick. My second pick, kind of a weird one. The New York Jets sitting Zach Wilson, having a little bit of a quarterback controversy. My thing is, I think they're a better team without Zach Wilson at quarterback than they are with Zach Wilson at quarterback. With that being the case, going into a shitty Bears team with a shitty Bears defense, I think the Jets go in there and cover the number right now. You can find a DraftKings at minus six and my last pick of the weekend i'm gonna roll with the seattle seahawks minus three and a half over the las vegas raiders this raiders team is garbage i think they're tanking josh mcdaniels a bill belichick disciple doesn't know how to fucking coach he never has he's never been a great head coach he's just a great play caller that's not gonna fly against the seattle team who's actually been surprisingly good so far this year those are the picks roll the air horns i love them. <laughs> Uh, unreal that's the best part right there <laughs> yo dj i have a question yep so the ravens are minus three and a half on DraftKings, but pretty well everywhere else they're either minus four or minus even minus five and a half at uh, pro line plus for plus money do you still like the minus four and do you still like the minus five and a half so minus five and a half is where I'd start to fade that pick. Um, if you can get them, so I like him at minus three and a half. If you can get him at minus three and a half, minus four, minus four and a half, I really like that. Once you start going by six plus, you're talking about winning by a touchdown. That starts to get a little sketchy in any close spread. If you can get him at minus three and a half here right now, lock it the fuck in. This Jacksonville defense is not going to be able to contain 
Lamar Jackson, the run game that Baltimore has. And like I said, Baltimore's defense is going to keep Jacksonville out of the end zone for the most part. Bet it up to minus four and a half. If you see it at minus five and a half, just look the other way. Sweet. Shout out Bet Stan for that fucking for, you know, you got to check the numbers sometimes and sometimes oh, yeah. you find some, you know what I'm saying? So uh, just had to ask that question because I saw that there right now. <clears throat> 100%. Right on. All right. Well, sticking with football, but uh, we'll move to fantasy football. Uh, I think I got last place locked in there, boys. So uh, that's always good. <laughs> but uh, how you guys doing uh, in uh, fantasy football? And then we'll move on to fantasy hockey. I, 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 I uh, DK still kind of hovering around where I'm at near the uh, the bottom of the barrel. No, DK then, won okay. a couple, dude. DK won oh, a couple, you? so he's moved. Yeah, he's moved up. Like I just a know little I got bit. last in lock, and I'm like, I don't even give a fuck at this point. <laughs> so I'm yeah. shitting the bad boys. If DK goes on a heater doing. here, should I drop Melvin what? Gordon, boys? Like this guy's not even on a team. Oh, don't he? ask me, buddy. Is I don't he? even fucking know shit. Wasn't he yeah, waved? Like I don't know what I'm doing here. Yes, the answer is yeah. He's he's. I still got him in my lineup right now. Boys, we're throwing. We're throwing. I told you at the start of the year, I don't know shit about football except Jalen Hurts is a beauty, and I'm still not wrong. Still not wrong. Oh, that was a great pick. That was my one one great pick. You know, fucking. No, I went on a little bit of a like, heater. Stu, Stu started threatening last place has to take a bus ride to the Sioux, and I started getting on my fucking <laughs> set the 3 a.m. alarm grind and get the best free agent every fucking week. So I, I hop on there, get like put in the claim. I usually am the top waiver priority because I stink. But now I've gone on a three-game heater. I'm sitting at four and seven. Ty, you're sitting at two and nine. As soon as he started threatening <laughs> that Sioux Greyhound trip, I'm no, I wasn't doing it. I wasn't going out to the Sioux. <laughs> unreal, unreal. I, I've slipped a little bit. I was like six and four. I went on like a, a four game, three three or four week heater there. Yep. And now I've la- lost my last two, I believe. So, um, but we're still in the playoff spot as it stands right now. But I think hopefully I make playoffs. Uh, I think you're on the outside looking in still, DK. But if you like, how many weeks are left? Like six? I want to no. I want to say there is probably three weeks of the regular season left because then weeks. Uh, 15, 16, 17 are usually playoffs, or maybe it's even 14, 15, 16, right. 17 are playoffs. So I think we're in week 11 right now. So if I win this week and next week, put me up to six and seven, it might give me a chance, but I'm one of those things where I, I could do whatever I can, but I'm also scoreboard watching, hoping the people above me lose to even have a chance. So yeah. I think I'm on the outside looking in. I don't think I'm going to get in. Um, but it's nice not to be in last place anymore. Cause I was there for a long fucking time. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's not fun. It wasn't looking it's bright. Not fun. It wasn't looking bright then. <laughs> I, I didn't mean that as a slight to you. I was horrible. I was one and seven at one point. I was fucking the worst team in the league with the first overall pick, doing nothing every single week. It was, it was, it was tough. Nope. It was a tough go. I've got so many injuries. I think this is common with football. I have a lot of injuries, but my top guys, like Cooper Cup, I picked him like third overall or something. He's been on IR. Like fucking, uh, my second pick was uh, Allen. There, uh, Keenan Allen. He's been out like the whole fucking season. So and I got a bunch of these scrubs that I got playing and like they're just dropped a few, picked up a few, but I don't know what I'm doing when it comes to moves. So yeah, it's a, it's a rough, uh, rough goal here, lads, but yep. whatever. We got fancy hockey still going on. I'm doing all right there. I'm kind of in the middle of the pack. I think I'm uh, in a playoff spot. So as long as I make playoffs in hockey, I'll be all right. I'll be all right. Yeah, I'm, I'm struggling. Hockey, I'm struggling. I know DK's uh, fucking smoking people over there. And he's smoking me already this week so nope, far. Everything's but, uh, close. Everything's close. Everything's close, but the yep. scoreboard doesn't look great for me right now. I have some fucking <laughs> categories. 
have some categories to make up in. But um, yeah, man, I fucking I still like my team. Like I can't believe I'm losing. Like my wingers are so strong. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Panarin, Svechnikov, um, Kucherov, and I picked up Hagel to kind of like a, a handcuff there. And Zach Hyman's too good, buddy. He's too fucking good. Yeah, he is. Honestly, dude, he's fucking rinsing everyone <laughs> now. And then I have Tanner Janot, who I was gassing up in our live when we made that draft, uh, <laughs> is getting his hits, but uh, the point totals like last like like last year aren't fucking there this year. So I don't know what's up with the Predators' offense, but uh, that might be a drop soon. So if you need hits, anybody fucking watch the fucking watch the free Reds agent board, watch all the their waiver. Money on the- Forsberg there they spent all their fucking money on Forsberg at the that shitty yeah, contract exactly. DK hated there <laughs> oh, yeah fuck yeah no the fantasy fantasy hockey thing is is funny I love the fact that my team somehow just keeps winning like I I I posted in my own friend's group chat and said is this the best re- uh, categories record you've ever seen and they're like shut the fuck up <laughs> everyone's <laughs> like everyone looks at it right and they're like your team's fucking garbage my team just kind of I picked my team of pigeons a couple of superstars and guys who kind of do it all like in terms of like hits blocks like everyone serves a purpose on my team and so far knock on wood it's worked out it's not probably my team doesn't have a ton of longevity i've said this every single week i'm on a heater right now but i'm gonna come back to life i think here and come down back down to earth i will say taking you back let's go yeah the guy that's in second here can't trust aho my guy Troy is also a fucking wagon, like has a wagon of a team. And me and him have been it at the is, top yeah. of the leaderboard since week one. And last week I played team number four and he played team number three in the league. And we both dummy. Like I won like 11-3 and he won like 12-2 or something. I'm beating him right yeah. now. So all you, you top top of the leaderboards guys up there, I'm coming for you. <laughs> can't, I'm going to get you. Can't trust the hoe actually like walked me. I think last, was it last week? I lost like 13 to two or something last week, or or maybe that was Eating in my other league. five. But I'm getting, right I'm getting last week was a terrible week for all my fantasy teams, all, all, all around in every sport and every league. So, but yeah, I don't know. DK, it feels like it feels like you've probably your team's probably done enough to this point that even if you do like slack for the rest of the year, you, you still end up in a playoff spot because you're so far ahead just for like reference like you have 138 points um 65 cat wins and eight ties um in our other league which is also uh similar scoring uh same amount of cats same cats and everything um except for the goalie cats um first place in that league which is also a 14 team league by the way um is 114 points so you'd be you're you're 24 points ahead of the first place in our other league so you're kind of a fucking. I will say I've just been waiting on an apology because on this pod we all went through our teams and you guys both said your team is fucking shit. And now all bro, of a sudden, yeah, I, I still think it's shit, bro. I can't lie. I don't think I look at any team was shit. I I look at your team playing against you, Stu, and I saw earlier in the week I had like less games or something like that than you and I. And usually that means I'd go and pick somebody up, and I looked at your team and thought. I don't think I fucking need to. Like, I, I, I know it's like, it's whatever. I know you like your team and it's probably good. But at the same point, when I look at like my team versus your team, I just, I think the same thing. I'm like, uh, I know you, uh, you said, you know, you win a lot and you're going to win this league. I look at your squad and I'm like, I don't fucking know how this guy's going to win. Like, I have no clue at all. Unless you pull a rabbit <laughs> out of a hat so, at some point with a trade or a great free agent acquisition. Um, 
I don't know how your team's going to end up pulling it out. Okay, let's just, okay, I'm not trying to fucking pump my own tires here, but let me just fucking make sure I've got my fucking stats correct here. All right, go through my team from my starting lineup, my first four, obviously skip Jano. I think Jano still has some time to fucking turn it around. Um, And then go see like Kucherov and go see Jack Eichel. Eichel, Kucherov, Sveshnikov, Panarin, Trocek, Patterson. I'd argue that's six players in the top 100 fantasy players in our league, and a, a lot of them are high too. Um, Patterson's top 40, uh, Trocek top 60, uh, Sveshnikov top 70, but uh, Kuch- and Kucherov's like number six. Where I'm lacking is defense, but my f- I'd argue I probably have the best. I might have the best forward group um, by the end of the year. I might have the best forward group in the league. I it's just my deep. I picked Uyghur high. Uyghur's not doing fucking what I thought he should be doing in um in in Calgary. Drew Doughty's been okay, but not as good as I hoped. Truba hasn't been as good as I hoped. He, I mean, he gets like four hits a night, but fucking he hasn't been scoring at the pace he was last year. And Evan Bouchard hasn't been scoring like I thought he like I thought he might this year. So. I'm get, like I kind of got shafted in, like in all fucking in every aspect on defense. So I've had to make like picked up J- Jaykai, who has been one of my best defensemen so far. You know what I mean? I had to make some adjustments here, but I think I if my defense can turn it around, I think I'm like one of the fucking scarier teams, dude. To be honest, and Jack Eichel season rank number ten. I think I forgot to mention Jack Eichel. Eichel Cooch. Okay, I mentioned Jack Eichel, but yeah, so fucking Eichel and Kuch are carrying my team right now. Um, and then, they're actually, my whole forward group is fine, but it's just my fucking defense, man. And my goalie started hot, but uh, not so much. I dropped Murray, too, I think, didn't I, or is he still on my IR? He's on your IR there, yeah. Okay, so yeah, I need to get him back in the fucking lineup, but like, I don't want to drop, I-, I guess I could drop Skinner or something, but if fucking, if Murray starts struggling, I want to have Skinner there at least, you know what I mean? But I mean, yeah, fuck. Like, you also Toss have like Josh me, Norris but... on your IR, who's who's <laughs> slated to miss the whole season. Yeah, we'll see. What, what Ty? What's the fucking what's the fucking word around Ottawa, buddy? Is Josh Norris missing? The uh, whole he doesn't season? need surgery. They're gonna reevaluate in January or let us know in January, like in the new year. Yeah, I but might he, just drop it's Josh. Not the Norris, same injury. Like... He... It's not the same. Injury it's one of those had, ones so where, like, if he's got a chance of coming back, there's no reason I drop him because I don't have very many other players injured. So it's like, yep. if I have the IR spot, I'm going to use it. You know what I mean? Here, but, here's uh, a weird one for you, boy. So I'm used to the fucking fantasy points, right? Like the point structure. Yeah. So then with categories, I've found like so I got I think I have three guys or four guys that can strictly play center, and then I got a bunch of guys that can play like left wing, right wing, center, left wing, right wing, whatever. Yeah. You're gonna have to drop a center for sure. So I'm I'm gonna have to drop a center. So the two, it's actually crazy. Now that you're saying that, it's actually crazy that to me that you fucking that you're doing this well with four centers. Yeah, I got I got I got four centers and uh, six guys that can play like in the center position, right? Like like Nick Paul is a center left winger. Chandler Stevenson's a center left wing right wing. Okay, then then you're good. Then you're good. Then you're. And then I have four just like dedicated strictly centerman oh, okay. right so never mind yeah yeah never mind but so the odd time like it's, it's been working out for me where they kind of flip flop right like one day McKinnon and Kuznetsov will play another day Dano and General play but anyways three of them were playing the other day and I thought this I I kept swapping them in and out all day but it was like who do I play Kuznetsov 
or Boone Jenner for fuck's sakes. Like, and I'm and I keep swapping him back and forth. And at the end of the day, I'm like, I gotta go Boone Jenner, which for me, <laughs> like in a in a fantasy points league, it just sounds like ridiculous, right? Like it sounds like it's I'm crazy for even thinking that. But then in the categories league, it's like, yeah, Kuznetsov yeah. might go off, like Jenner's gonna have 20 face-off wins and possibly kinda need, yeah, you kind of need that face-off win. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You're like, yeah, exactly. I don't know. How, I, I know you guys, that's like not new to you guys because you guys plays cats, but the, I had that first situation where I'm like, am I nuts for starting fucking Phil Deneau or something or Boone Jenner over goddamn like Kuznetsov? Like, I, it just seems crazy to me. Yeah, it all no, you're not. You're not. Anna. That that's the beauty of categories, though, yeah. because you can be like fucking smoking a guy in points. You don't really need Kuznetsov to play in there. If you think Boone Jenner is going to win more faceoffs, and that's a tight fucking category, you almost want to play Boone Jenner, right? So that that's the beauty of categories. But I will say that having four centers and then two more centers that are are, are have positional fucking uh, the kind of like utility guys is, is fucking insane. And I can't believe that you're doing so well with that because I've had three. I have three centers and it hurts me. Like I had to drop Nico Heischer, who's been one of the best fantasy players in the league so far to this point. I had to drop Nico Heischer in my last league because I had three centers and I couldn't, I couldn't keep them over Strocek. Maybe I should have now looking back at it, but uh, I had to drop Nico Heischer because he was never going to get in. I, there's so many times when I can't fucking get Trocek into the lineup because I have Matthews and Ajo playing in my other league. This league, so this, what I will say is having a guy that can play center and a wing position is one of the most valuable fucking uh uh <clears throat> one of the most valuable like position fucking benefits that you can you can possibly have. Uh, Leon Dreisaitl, you could make the argument has a little more is even just as valuable as McDavid in this league just because he has that wing uh that wing ability. Um I'm talking specifically if that guy with like uh the center left wing ability let's say a center or a wing, but play center because he can get you face off wins while, while he's playing left wing for you. You know what I mean? You can get four. If I have Nick Paul, Chandler <coughs> Stevenson, McKinnon and Jenner going on the same night, that might legitimately be like a 70 face off win night for me. And I have them playing. Yeah. Two of them are playing at center and two of them are playing at wing. And the beauty about all my other wingers is that they can play left or right wing. I don't have one winger that is locked into a certain wing. Like I, I drafted all left wing, right wing, like things so that even if I'm playing one of those guys in the center left wing right wing position I just knock one of the left wingers down to play right wing because every single guy's got the dual eligibility so I don't have to bench many guys every single night I I feel like my system for the for the position wise I I am I'm a little heavy on center well other than that like my wingers can just play whatever left or right wing any single night yeah if I were you I'd I'm not saying do this, but I'm just saying if I were in your position right now, I'd start shopping Kuznetsov around, to be honest. I have to. I'm going to have to make a trade somewhere, right? Because <clears throat> it's not a guy you can really drop. I don't know exactly how Kuznetsov's doing this year, but it's not really a guy you can just drop, and it's a guy that holds some trade value, but if he's not getting into your lineup every night, then you may as well utilize that trade value to try and pick up a D-man or a winger or a goalie because, yep. <clears throat> like, maybe, anyways, just a position that you need realistically. Um, so if you listen into the pod and you and you need a centerman, you got a fucking nice little D man. Send a pick over or send a trade offer over to fucking Eater Hyman for my boy Kuznetsov. <laughs> just a brutal name, just a brutal name. But uh, <laughs> one of the grossest names in the league. <laughs> I think uh, 
Trades are like fucking insanely hard to pull off, though. I saw Ty and Cam pulled one off. I don't know of which league that was in, but fucking yeah, trades are insanely hard to pull off, and in cats especially because you kind of get fucking attached to a guy if he's like winning you a certain cat every night, and then you don't really want to trade. Yeah, who did like, I trade? The, it was even the player is a traditionally off, right? better player. Yeah, like I've yeah. gotten offered trades for like last year I had Gudis, who like I'm pretty sure led the league in hits, and he was winning me hits cats every week. But then I got like a trade offer for somebody that was like a pretty good, but it's like, ah, I don't really need that position. I know he's a better player. And I also don't really need what he brings for me in terms of the trades start category. happening when you're struggling. I feel like more like when you're kind of in the, just out of a playoff spot, you're looking to change some shit up. That's when you start looking to make moves. You're doing all right. Yeah. Why the fuck would you change anything? Yeah, exactly. But, uh, DK, they're still looking for that apology for calling his team shit. Hey, I don't remember calling your team shit, but if I did, I'd like to take this moment to apologize. Yeah, I'm gonna to apologize. Absolutely I'm gonna nobody. Apologize. <laughs> it's still too early to apologize. I I may come out and fucking lose six weeks in a row and be <laughs> still be no. middle of the pack or low low in the team. I didn't know what the fuck I was doing for categories, and I said that when you guys were like, I was reading through. I was like, I kind of like my team, and you guys were like, Yeah, that's of us three. That's definitely the worst team by far. It was like. <laughs> probably like i didn't know at the time and then for me to just go on like a heater like this like i said my team's about to come back down to earth here eventually um i'm one yeah, injury away baby let's go let's see his face I, yeah. through, it's all if, over if i can oh. run through both of you guys while i'm on my heater i'm never gonna let you forget about it like that's the thing if i could beat <laughs> Stu, like you know 10 3 10 4 or something like that and then go on and beat ty like same kind of thing i'll be fucking flying high <laughs> yeah Oh man, we'll see. We'll see. I don't even know when I face you, but I imagine it's coming up soon. Like, it's gotta I feel be, like man. we won't really know where we stand in the standings till everyone's played everybody, right? Because you might face yep. a guy and smoke him, and every team in the league smokes that guy, and you just haven't played him yet. So you're lacking like 15 points or whatever the fuck. So we'll see yep. soon once uh, we've played everyone where we truly stand. I think DK's pretty much got first on lock, though, just with the points you got there. Yep. But um, I think we got uh, listener questions here, Stu. I don't know if you got those ready to fire. Uh, if you do, we might as well get into that. Yeah, I'll fire them up. I'm going to say I wanted to do this like a couple weeks ago, and uh, a couple of you sent in questions. So these are kind of old, so we're, we'll listen to them and see if they still apply. But uh, we couldn't fucking hear them, dude. Like, we all tried to hear the questions um, over, like, over DM, Instagram DM, and for some reason they weren't playing. So um, I figured out a way I can listen to them on my computer. So that's what I... That's what I'm doing now, and, I, I, and I'm just going to download them before I listen to them and then play them on the pod from this point on. So keep sending in questions, and if you haven't yet, definitely send in a question whenever you fucking feel like it, I guess. Um, yep. if, you, if you think of something, just fucking send it in, and the next time we record, we'll fucking talk about it. Um, and just keep in mind, though, like Thursday is when we, we record, usually in the evening. So um, if it's something that happens... If it's something that is – you have a question about something that's about like scheduled for like the weekend or something, don't don't send it in on Friday because we won't get to it before. But um, yeah, so um, keep sending them Instagram voice messages and we'll play all of them on the pod. Um, I don't think we're going to have – I don't think we're going to be at a point anytime soon where we have too many that we can't hit them all in the pod. So – well, and if we you'll say def- that, we're fucking lying for sure. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. If we say so, that, you just had a bad question and we didn't want to fucking yeah, talk yeah. about it on the <laughs> So, yeah. So, if you send it a voice message, it will definitely make it onto the fucking podcast at this point. 
Um, yeah, and yeah, I guess if it doesn't, then we got beef or something. So <laughs> maybe send out if your question got missed, send us another DM. Like, yeah, okay, what's up, bro? What's up, yeah, dude? You can contact our HR department. <laughs> put in the complaint. Anyways. <laughs> This is from like about two weeks ago from our boy Josh Campbell, who just dropped a 200 bomb in fantasy football last week. So shout out to him. Uh, we shout him out on our latest fantasy leaderboard update post. Uh, what a fucking week. He had like four guys that dropped like 30, uh, 30 plus or something. It was fucking gross. But let's see what uh, Josh Campbell. And sorry if these are outdated. We're just going on the fu- off a whim here and just listening to the fucking questions from a couple weeks ago. If they still sand, we'll definitely answer them. Uh, here we go. Here's a few questions for the Bucks on Knox lads. First one for uh, Stewie J. Atlantic division in the NHL right now, wide open. Every team is within seven points of each other. Who do you think comes out of that division as playoff teams, and who do you think is the winner? Josh sounding fucking nice. Studio quality mic or something. Um, for the Atlantic division, that question still definitely fucking stands. Um, what I'm going to say, I think like the easy way out is just to say four teams make it from each division. And I like the Bruins, the Leafs, the Lightning, and the Panthers. I know it's basic, but that's just who I think. I, I like Detroit's playing really well right now. However, I don't think they stick around. I'm going Bruins, Leafs, Tampa Bay, and Florida. Do you guys have any objections to that? What do you think? I, I, know, I know you saw the fucking Red Wings lately, EK, just a few weeks oh, no. ago. I'm I'm right with you, Stu. I think if you're going to pick four teams out of the Atlantic, that's exactly who I'm going with as well. All right, sweet. Fucking there you go. Sorry, question's not over. We'll keep going. Next one here for DK. NFL MVP race heating up. A lot of, uh, a lot of people high on Josh Allen. Some people say Tua. Uh, some people say Gino deserves it. Who do you think wins that award? <laughs> the Geno Smith one's kind of funny. I, I really do like that. I think it's a three-horse race right now, though. It, it's Mahomes, Allen, and Tua. And I honestly think, as of right this second, it is completely up for grabs. I am biased for this because I, I am a Dolphins fan. I don't know how you don't give it to Tua. If they end up making the playoffs and Buffalo kind of skids down the down the road here, Allen has been has been looking like Allen of old a little bit lately. Um, he's been throwing more picks. He's been a little bit more inaccurate. That's not to say the guy's fucking bad by any means. Josh Allen is one of the top two or three quarterbacks in the league. But what Tua's been doing since when he's not getting his brains fucking battered, Tua's been unbelievable, right? Like he, he's been great. He's been throwing the ball downfield. It's going to be tough to beat uh, Patrick Mahomes out of the MVP conversation, but if you're asking me to pick one guy right now, I am going with Tua. It's a three-horse race, and I'm going with my guy, Tua Tagovailoa. Fins up, baby. Let's go, Tua. Sweet. And last one for Ty, the UFC GOAT. He, he sound, oh, shit. Did you hear that? I had to pause it for a sec. He sounds like he really doesn't want to ask us any questions. He's like, Andrew, uh, Ty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Josh, you had a bad day or something, buddy? <laughs> I'll run it back. And last one for Ty, the UFC GOAT. Who do we got on the last three fights at UFC 281? Poirier, Chandler, Sparks, uh, Chong, shit. and the big one everybody wants to see. Odyssey this one is kind of outdated now. How do you think those fights go? And yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
Well, uh, I guess I you, I I guess you know that now. Earlier, but... yeah, oh, yeah. Exactly. Well, we, we know how they went, but uh, we were two two for three. Like, we got two out of three of those. The Chandler one mm-hmm. was the only one that didn't hit. We got the Zhang Wei Lee one and then the uh, the the uh, Pareto one. But uh, Chandler all, almost won it, honestly. We could have got all three there if uh, Chandler, you know, continued to put on the pressure he was putting on. But what a fight that was. Fight of the year. For, uh, Yo, I have a, I have a story. Year, I guess. I, yeah. Okay, so I went down to the bars. There's a late card, right? So nothing else is going to be open. Maybe Boston Pizza, but like the lads of like I went out with a couple of lads. Uh, we've watched that Boston Pizza before, and the atmosphere is just not kind of there. You know what I'm saying? We wanted to go to like a sports bar, but none of them are really open late in town. So we went to the fucking like bars that all the fucking like college kids and well bar age kids around town fucking go to. Um, just sending up a prayer that they fucking have the fights going. I, I wasn't very confident, but I was like, let's just go down. I really just wanted to watch these fights. You know what I'm saying? So we went down. The one place didn't have it. <clears throat> the next place didn't have it. And those are the two like main places people go around town here. So then we just went back to the first place. I so like, all right, I guess we'll just fucking have fun downtown. I was watching the shit on my, or I was like watching the UFC app. And I thought Chandler won it. And then it said, winner fucking Poirier. And I was like, what? What? And I was looking at the stats yeah. and it was all fucking Chandler. And I was like, yeah, it was the whole fight where he was dominating it. Yeah. I was like, what the fuck just happened? Then I saw, oh, submission. Thought it went to decision. I'm an idiot. But like, that was a fucking, that was a shambles. I fucking missed that entire fucking card, bro. I was so pissed. And then we got fucking. That was a bloodbath. Bro, we got in a scrap downtown, bro, that night. The only reason I wanted to go downtown was to fucking, was to watch those fights. And we ended up getting kicked out of the bar for getting a scrap. My buddy got fucking jumped. So we had our own fucking Holy. fight in the fucking bar. Why watch so. MMA when you can do it yourself, right? Like just fucking yeah. go to the bar and start fucking boxing. Beat with you, right? Was everyone all right? Like you're all good? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're good. It was, it was yeah, bro. It's a fucking wild story. I don't want to. I don't want to air out my buddy, but it was like his like girlfriend or ex. I don't know. He doesn't really. We don't really ask him, but fucking his. Uh, it's complicated. Uh, girl's fucking um brother <laughs> just fucking jumped Jeez. up. So we definitely won that scrap by by DQ because jump just sucker and a guy is a fucking is a loss right from the jump. But yeah, that was a fucking eventful night. Anyways, uh yeah, oh, so pretty yeah. it was a pretty. Pretty eventful weekend and pretty eventful night, but fucking, uh, I was kind of rattled. I didn't get to see that fight, especially uh, coming out of it, looking back on it and being like, bro, I went downtown. We we got kicked out of the fucking bar and we didn't even see the fight. So yeah, I was kind of rattled. Um, Andrew Bebb, next fucking listener All question. Right, oh, I started it early. All right, we'll run it back. Here we go. Andrew. All right, boys. Uh, quick rapid fire. Who's making the playoffs? Pick your East teams and your West teams. Go. Holy fuck. Andrew wants this pod to go two hours, eh? <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> Pick your East teams and your West teams. All right. So I said Bruins, Leafs, Red Wing, or sorry, Bruins, Leafs, uh, Tampa, and Florida from the Atlantic. I'm going four teams each division. That's like I said, that's just the easy way out of this question. Um, like I said, I already talked a while, uh, about what I think about the Red Wings. Um, in the Metropolitan, I got the Devils, Canes. I still got the Rangers. Um, and then it's kind of between the Islanders and the Penguins. But I, I've been gassing up the Islanders like a few times on the pod on the record. So I kind of feel like I have to stick with the Islanders on this one. And they're already in a better position. I guess, yeah, it's the Islanders that rounds out the East for me. Um, in the West, Central, I got the Stars, of course, the Avalanche, of course, and then it kind of gets a little bit shaky. I want to take the Wild because I t- chose them to win this division. Uh, I took a flyer, so uh, I have to back my, the Wild. 
And I kind of just fucking roasted the Blues and Stewie J stats, sat, so I'm going to go Jets over Blues. And then in the Pacific, I've got Vegas, LA, Calgary, and Edmonton. The Kings, or sorry, the Kraken are playing pretty well. It's a, They're kind of fucking, they're sneaky second in the Pacific right now, which not many people are talking about. But um, kind of like the Red Wings, I just don't think they have very much staying power. Yeah. So that's me. What about you, boys? Go ahead, Ty. You got you got your picks locked and loaded. Any Ty? Do you have any? Sure, yeah, do you well, di- to keep it quick, do you disagree with any of my things? If not, just uh, pretty similar. I'd say Seattle makes it in though. The Seattle really? Crackheads. I think they get in there. I'm and, with you there. Uh, I think I would love to see that too. Watch them in the playoffs. Get, make them a little more relevant. But um, I also I'd probably go against the Wild. I'd probably stick with the Blues there. I think the Blues get in over the Wild and. Uh, other than that, though, I think we were I'm kind of on the same page. As much as I hate saying the Leafs are going to make the playoffs just because I hate that fucking Toronto Maple. Fucking bad. Uh, I can't say bad things on the pod. I can, but I'm just going to hold back my chirps for now. We'll say it <laughs> for when the, <laughs> the Leafs are shitting the bat again. But, yeah, that, I'm pretty much on the same page with you, Stu. Just cracking and wild. I probably uh, – those picks you said, I'm saying crack and make it, wild don't. Really? All Lose right. over the wild. I'm the same as you in the Atlantic. So yeah, we both, all of us have Bruins, Leafs, Lightning, Panthers, Metro. I got the Devils, the Canes, the Rangers, and the Penguins. I've said it from second one. I don't like the Islanders roster. I don't like the way they're constructed, and I don't fucking like the way they play hockey um, whatsoever. In the Central, I've watched this Dallas Stars team. They're pretty fucking good. And like Jamie Benn looks like he's turned back the clock a little bit. Um, His footwork, his speed's a little bit better than it has been the last couple years. So I love the Stars, Avalanche. Jets and Blues. Yes, those are the top four teams in the Central right now. So is that a boring pick? Of course. And in the Pacific, I do like the Golden Knights, the Kings, the Flames, and the Kraken. Hot take, Oilers don't make the playoffs. I don't think they look very good whatsoever. Their defense still stinks. Their goalie still stinks. I don't like them at all. And right now, if we want to take this one step further, a bet that I think you should lock in is the Vegas Golden Knights to win the cup at plus 900 over at DraftKings. Make sure you go on BetStamp, find the best odds for that. The Vegas Golden Knights are a fucking wagon. A wagon. They don't have a hole in their game, and I love watching those guys play right now. There's the picks for the who's going to make the playoffs and to take it one step further, Vegas to win the cup at plus 900. Cup, cup futures are outrageous. Yep. I'm fucking, I, I avoid fucking talking about those. I know Ty asked us for our fucking cup predictions, early cup predictions, didn't you, at one point? I yeah, I usually do that at the start of any season. Yeah, yeah, at the start of the season, Jeez. I asked. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. fuck. But uh, yeah, Is that all those it? are the fucking those are the two questions we got from the lads in the last couple of weeks. Thanks, boys, for sending the questions. Keep sending them in. Ask us a fucking whatever you want. Um, you can ask us for fucking relationship advice and we'll do our best on here if you want you can ask us what our favorite fucking cereal is. You can ask us uh, yeah. what cat food DK <laughs> buys for his cat. Um, you can, yeah, ask us anything. You can ask us uh, where ask to put routine, your fucking the Mandarin there. Fucking, <laughs> yeah. Covered, yeah, exactly. yeah, the Mandarin one there. <laughs> exactly. That was like episode two or something like that. Yep. All well, right. That's all our topics. Unless there's anything else you want to add here, we'll we'll wrap it up. Uh, Thank you. Okay, DK has two things. It sounds I have two like. quick things. First off, shout out Josh Campbell for recognizing the man for what he is, and that is Ty as the UFC GOAT. Love saying I got a question for Ty, the UFC GOAT. That was unbelievable. And let me just say, during this pod, I've had to hit the trainer's room twice 
with two separate nosebleeds. Uh, trainers did a great job patching me up. I made it back out there on the ice. The boys didn't even realize I was gone. Just missed one shift. Uh, just wanted to be reliable for the pod and happy that I could make it back in time. You're a warrior, man. Uh, yeah. That's a machine. <laughs> Almost as much blood on the fucking laptop. There is a fucking Chandler chase there in the fucking Poirier <laughs> fight there. Holy. But uh, I guess with, uh, with all that said, that'll do it for episode 29 of Bucks on Nucks. Make sure, uh, like uh, Stewie said there, to send us a DM with some questions or topics if there's anything you'd like to hear us discuss in a future episode of the pod. And then also check us out on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok, and on the BetStamp app so you can see and tail our picks and use code NUX when you sign up for that. And then drop a five-star review down for the podcast if you like it, and check out the other podcasts on showbile.com. And don't forget, if you can't be cool, be careful. And if you can't be good, get at it.